Hello, I'm Natalie Morrison. Welcome to part two of our Patient Recruitment Outsourcing podcast with Cutting Edge Information's Research Director, Eric Bolesh. Earlier this week, we spoke about the key ingredients for successful recruitment. Today, we put questions about the evolving world of recruitment to Eric. Eric, thank you for joining us again. Pleasure to be here. So as we've said, we're here to discuss the evolution of patient recruitment. There seems to be a lot of companies at the moment who are outsourcing to poorer and third world countries for their patient mm. recruitment. Uh, what would you say about this as, as a solution to the dwindling patient numbers? I say that it, it certainly offers a, a solution um, for the patient recruitment challenge that we're seeing in Western markets. So emerging markets, uh, there's obviously a lot of attention being paid uh, to them, both as uh, markets for commercial products, for post-marketed products, as well as areas where medical research can occur. And and the clinical side uh, of work in emerging markets has been underway for several years now. And and so I think that you run across teams that are more comfortable um, going to these markets to do clinical work than they might be on the clinical side in terms of going to these markets to sell the actual drugs themselves. Uh, The emerging markets they, they offer a, a major, major solution or source of solutions uh, for the slowdown and the bottlenecks in clinical trials. They also open up the opportunity to work with vendors because w- when we have looked at uh, the operations of clinical teams in these emerging markets, in developing economies, one of the things that we hear about again and again uh, is the importance of working with the vendors who know what's going on, who have boots on the ground, and, and understand how to work with local authorities. They know how to work with the local patient populations. Um, and so if there was ever an opportunity to work with vendors uh, to positively impact patient recruitment and enrollment, uh, this is definitely it. It seems that you're saying as long as, as it's done ethically, then it is a good solution. Would you say that's fair? I certainly wouldn't advocate anything else. A lot of these markets and a lot of the investigators, the sites, um, the regulatory bodies in these markets, especially when you're talking about the major emerging markets, Brazil, Russia, India, China, Turkey, uh, Mexico, et cetera, et cetera, um, they are really well set up to conduct these trials. And you have patient populations that are interested, uh, if not in some cases eager, uh, to have access to these experimental medicines. Um, They are treatment naive. You don't have a lot of um, complications arising from a a regimen of other prescription drugs that the patients may be taking. Uh, And and the investigators are are, are well trained. You're not walking into um, third world hospitals where they don't have equipment, they don't have resources. Certainly that occurs in some places. Um, but really, frankly, when you get down to it, some of the stereotypes that uh, we developed market uh, veterans might have towards the third world are really misplaced and a little bit outdated. Uh, and in a lot of cases, these sites uh, really offer a terrific opportunity uh, for sponsors who are looking to get trials done. There, there is something else interesting that recently um, seems to be coming to the forefront, and um, that's several papers suggesting the use of social networking as kind of a wave of a wave of the future for patient recru- mm. recruitment. Um, there's one in particular by Blue Chip that we covered recently. Um, I mean, what what do you think about the use of social networking in patient recruitment? 
Well, in general, uh, I think that social media has a lot to offer the drug industry. Uh, and clinical work in particular stands to benefit. It, it's a potential solution to this overarching problem of patient recruitment, or at least some aspects of it. And it's a, it's a direct solution to one of the problems I discussed a moment ago, which is the lack of resources focused on recruitment. Uh, social networking occurs at relatively low costs, or at least it can, uh, though it does require some labor to curate and, and to monitor. So investigator sites and, and whole trials may benefit even if there's no focused uh, recruitment marketing strategy or recruitment communication strategy. Patients also tend to trust other patients, uh, and the very nature of social media encourages that peer-to-peer -peer communication and distribution of, of information uh, from one patient to another, or from a patient advocacy group uh, to its different contacts. Uh, so it, it's really the kind of thing that can bring patient recruitment forward uh, and be a boon to the, uh, to the industry. Uh, and I, I think the drug industry, when it comes to social networking and new media, they're still trying to sort out uh, how they feel about things and, and what the best path forward is. Uh, and once they do, especially in clinical development, uh, this is, it's clearly an area that could really advance a lot of teams uh, down the path towards success. Eric, thank you for talking to us. You can hear more from Eric at our Patient Recruitment Outsourcing Conference this September in Boston. Details can be found on the website. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you there.